0: Hello, welcome to this week's economy. I'm your host, Dr. Vance Ginn. I hope you're having a prosperous day. Well, today is September 22nd, 2023. I hope you're having a great day. We've got a lot to talk about. So let's get right to it. First thing I do want to say is you can check out all the show notes and everything else at vancegin.com. You can also find me on x.com at where I highlight all the key data and other news that's going on throughout the day. So don't miss me there as well. If you missed the Let People Prosper episode from Monday, you want to go back and watch it. It's with Dory Wiley, a good friend, another Red Raider, where we talked a lot about the financial markets, what's going on in the economy and the housing market and how all this is related to what's going on by Congress and the Fed. Don't miss that one. Dory Wiley from the Commerce Street Holdings. There was also a bonus episode this week on Wednesday with Adam Meister again from This Week in Bitcoin. So also go and check that one out. We talked about eliminating property taxes, we talked about sound money and a lot more. So please go back and check that one out. And this upcoming Lepio Prosper episode will be with T- Taylor Barkley of Center. For Growth and Opportunity. We'll be talking about digital parenting, age verification, social media, competition in the technology market, and the government's role in all this, or what limited role, if at all, that they should have. So please be sure to check that one out as well and share it with your family and friends. The next thing I want to talk about, though, is what's happening in the national economy. There were a couple of key reports that came out recently that I think will be of interest to you. One of those is the economic freedom of the world report by the Fraser institute which they release this annually this one was for 2021 so there's usually a two-year lag just given the data and everything else i mean there's about 160 or uh, more than 160 countries that's included in this report and they go through and they look at it from sound money government spending taxes regulations just all the things that government can get in the way of the economy and say okay which countries are the most free based on these scores of the relative rankings of all these 160 plus countries and at the very top was singapore number two hong kong number three switzerland number four new zealand and number five is United States. So we've got some work to do, but even if you look at the scores themselves at the average score across the globe, um, it's the lowest since 2009. That average global score is the lowest since 2009. And so there's a lot that needs to be improved on, as we know from the COVID shutdowns, the increased regulations, the massive deficits and debt by not only the United States, but other countries across the globe, when all this was going on, there was a lot of government intervention, meaning economic freedom, was reduced, liberty was reduced, and prosperity was reduced. So I'll put this a, a link in the show notes, of course, and be sure to check out that report. As far as the other types of news that was going on on the national front, we had the Federal Reserve, the Central Bank of the United States. They kept its federal funds rate target in the range of 525 to 5.5% where it's been now for a little over a month. And so they paused once again, um, as they did two meetings ago. And they also did not state that they're going to cut their balance sheet any faster. You know, that's something I've really been highlighting is that their balance sheet is still more than double what it was before the pandemic, before the shutdowns and everything else, when they went from $4 trillion to $9 trillion. They're down to about $8.1 trillion now. So that's a good thing, but still more than double what they were before. So no wonder we're having inflationary pressures all around us. Inflation has picked up the last couple of months. When you look at the CPI, also look at the PCE, personal consumption expenditures, and you look at the core, excluding food and energy, which we all buy, but they like to look at those to see what the underlying pressures are for inflation. And even those are still um, hitting you know, highs. And so this is something that we need to continue to watch as, as we move forward there. As the Federal Reserve continues to raise its interest rates, it's, it's done about 11 times in the last year and a half from zero to 5.5%, we're seeing interest rates soar in all the other markets that we pay as consumers. That federal funds rate that they target is the overnight lending rate between banks is what the Federal, Federal Reserve really looks at and has, you know, more influence on it doesn't control any interest rates but it influences them from their monetary policy actions specifically from their federal reserve balance sheet right and so that's why i've been so adamant about cutting that balance sheet to really get control of inflation and reduce the distortions throughout the marketplace but interest rates are soaring we have the average 30-year mortgage rate is now up to 7.75 percent across the united states the highest since november of 2000 so we're 23 years now since we've seen this high of interest rates and this is going to create more distortions and market problems within the housing market as a whole as housing prices are probably going to keep going up as many people are locked in their homes supply of homes is not going to be able to keep up at the same time and so we're going to have a pretty devastating situation i think in the housing market because of the high interest rates that were created by keeping interest rates too low for too long before this by the Federal Reserve, and of course, Congress is overspending and deficits and everything else. It's going to be very tough for them to be able to raise interest rates whenever net interest payments in the debt are already going to exceed $1 trillion with a T very soon. So that's another thing you want to watch something I've been posting someone X.com here recently, uh, which is formerly Twitter, right? It's about how illegal immigration is a failure of Congress. They really need to get their act together pass an immigration reform package that provides market-based solutions, not a top-down heavy approach, but allowing for people to be here illegally, that will help people here to not be illegally, right? I mean, that's pretty simple, but there's so much of a focus on the border and on the, on the wall and other things and spending more money in Texas when the problem is ultimately with Congress. They need to make some key reforms. I know the Biden administration is also failing in a lot of ways, including on immigration and enforcing the immigration laws that are currently in place, but the immigration laws in place are not doing their job. And I know I've talked about this with the immigration guy here recently, and I, I do think that we need rule of law. We need a, a border and everything else in, in our constitutional republic. But at the same time, we need to be doing things in the right way so we do know who's coming in and out and everything else. And that's, I think, done through a more free market approach compared to the heavy hand of government. On the state's front, though, with the Pelican Institute, we released a plan called a tax plan for our brighter future a significant part of louisiana's comeback agenda where people are leaving and fleeing the 30 people left just last year in louisiana how do we get people to stay and not have the brain drain and everything else and a big part of that is through tax reform but also spending restraint so a big part of this is flattening the personal income tax flattening the corporate income tax eliminating the corporate franchise tax eliminating the inventory tax and the credits that come from the state to do that um, and then putting in a better spending limit, restraining spending to no more than population growth plus inflation, and using surplus money above that to buy down the personal income taxes until they're eliminated, which could only take seven or eight years to eliminate that tax and be more competitive in a very competitive economy. uh, All these states are reducing taxes here recently, 25 of them over just the last three years. Louisiana needs to be one of them to make sure that they don't fall further behind in the South where you already have Texas and Tennessee and Florida without a personal income tax. This is the way to really re- reignite and have that comeback agenda there in Louisiana, a key part of this. Another key thing I wanted to mention on the state's front was Ben Murray over at the Independence Institute in Colorado. He's really been making a big fight against what the state is trying to do to basically get rid of, or not really necessarily get rid of, but hurt the Colorado's Taxpayer Bill of Rights. It's what's called TABOR. It has been the gold standard for spending limits across the states, um, where basically it says, look, the budget should not grow more than population growth plus inflation at the state level and the local level. And at the state level, if there's any sort of surplus, what they do is they send out checks to people for that amount. I'd rather them use that to lower income taxes and do something else that's more pro-growth, that's not taking money out of the private sector initially and then having to give it back through checks, but at least it is a way to get that money back. And what they're trying to do is Proposition HH uh, coming up on the ballot um, in November is basically going to say, look, we're going to use that money instead to reduce property taxes, which as you know, I'm for lowering property taxes, but they're also wanting to raise the spending limit to not have that be as restrictive, as effective as it is today. And so this is a a path down the wrong direction when many states should be following what Colorado had done initially back in 1992 when they passed Colorado's tax payability Bill of Rights and the voters approved it as a constitutional amendment. That's what we need more of across the states, including in Colorado, where it needs to be strengthened. And so I'm glad to see that Ben Murray at the Independent Institute is working on that because we really need to make sure that it's strengthened and it does not go away. And ultimately, I hope that Proposition HH will fail this this fall because it will put a huge dent into the benefits of Colorado's Taxpayer Bill of Rights. So that's something else to watch. In other news, I have a recent article out in the Freeman newsletter, which was titled The U.S. Constitution and Economic Freedom for Constitution Day on September 17th. After 236 years, we're, I've basically argued that we are falling off of what our founding fathers wanted us to do in our Constitution, to have a limited roles for government, allow for more pro- peace, prosperity, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and everything else that we, that we really need here. We need to make sure that we're not overspending, overregulating, and overprinting like we're doing so much now, and that will get us back to more liberty and prosperity. So be sure to check that one out. I had another piece in the Daily Caller here recently talking about Google and the DOJ, Biden's Department of Justice, where um, Jonathan Cantor is coming in. He's the head of the Department of Justice and saying, look, we need to have more antitrust policies going after Google in this case. And in this case, they're saying that Google's search engine is a dominant player, they're a monopoly. And so they're trying to break it up in some capacity. But it's like, where's the where's the real beef here? Well, how is it really hurting consumers? Consumers seem satisfied. That's why they're using Google so much because of the product because of the quality that they're getting from that service. And so it's not for the government to come in and, and and create more problems in that situation. And so what I argue is that this sort of action by the Biden administration, whether it's the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission or the Department of Justice now coming after companies um, and everything else are really hurting consumers and capitalism as a whole, because what we really need is more competition in the marketplace and getting government out of the way is the way to do that. And finally, last but certainly not least, I moderated a panel at the James Madison Institute's conference in Miami. It was on technology and innovation. We had a great discussion talking about federal tech policy in 2024 talking a lot about what's happening with the DOJ, FTC. What could happen if there is a new administration or a public administration? You know, the Republicans are also kind of, uh, they get up in arms about big tech and things of that nature too. So will they really have a differing policy prescription than what the Democrats are doing right now? I think it will be different in some capacity, but there will still be kind of an attack on these big tech companies. And look, I don't agree with everything these big tech companies are doing, but I also believe strongly in private property rights, freedom of speech, and making sure that we have the opportunity to have competition because ultimately what government does when it gets in these markets is it reduces competition and makes the situation worse for consumers, for workers, and ultimately for our prosperity for the future. So that's what I have for you today. I hope that you will share this with your friends and family. Rate us a five-star rating. And until next time, let people prosper.